Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thank you so much for listening. My guest today is Phyllis Katz. Kind of a different episode that we usually have. Phyllis uh, doesn't really go around the world too much, but uh, she's done a different kind of tourism that's uh, kind of taking off in recent years amongst Americans, especially. It's medical tourism. And she talks all about her hip replacement surgery in India. And I don't know where you stand on the healthcare issue. It's a big, big issue in this country. I don't, uh, I am not a fan <laughs> of, of our system. Uh, having been around the world and see how it can work in other places, uh, don't have to live in fear of getting sick or old and going broke in the process. But uh, hey, that's a whole different show, right? But this medical tourism thing is, uh, is really growing around. I see it a lot in India. I've seen it a lot in Thailand. And we talk about all that. And she has an interesting story. And she wrote a book about it called Hip Wrecked, which is a great title. And we talk about that too. So before I get to that, let's get to some business. And by that, I mean the website, of course. It's TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there, check out stories, photos, and the pictures of the guests. And also scroll down to the bottom of the homepage and you'll see links to all our social media. LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes. And if you go to iTunes, give us a good rating. That helps us people find the show. It boosts our presence. And that's always a cool thing. And as always, it costs you nothing except a few seconds. So that would be awesome if you did that. If you want to write me, my address is TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. June is filling up nicely with a lot of travel, so I'm very excited about that. More on that in the next episode, but right now, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to the episode with Phyllis Katz, improv comedy legend. It was an honor to meet her, and she was very uh, charming and friendly, and I thank her for coming over and doing this little show of ours. So here we go, Phyllis Katz. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm here with Phyllis Katz, and uh, we are just meeting now for the first time. Yes. So I met you five minutes ago. Yes. We have a mutual friend, J. Keith Van Stratton, who has done the show and I've traveled with in the past. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for coming here. Thanks for having me. Why don't you tell everybody what you do and how uh, would we know you from something, or how would we oh, know? Man. How do we Put know a Phyllis Katz? On. It depends on who you are, how you would know me, right? Um, but I'm. I'm an actor and a writer and uh, improviser, improv Im- teacher. Okay. And that's how you know Jay Keith through teaching yes. him improv. Jay Keith was one of my students. Ah. Was he a good student? We can yeah. talk about him. He'll, he might even hear yeah, this. Yeah. He's, uh, he's <laughs> uh, really, really smart. He is, yes. And uh, centered. And I also just found this out, that you and I are both Chicago natives. That's right. And you're from like... In the I'm city. From, okay, I'll do it in my Chicago voice. North side. North side. North. north. Don't hear that There's expression no much anymore. I know. It's like north. N O R T. North. North side. North One, side. two, tree. Yeah. <laughs> we do the THs, though. Did you do yeah, oh, that? No, so I'm from South Side. It was They're, the flat O's and A's. Yeah, yeah. You have to go to a conference. <laughs> so, how long have you been in LA? I've been here since the mid 70s. Oh, wow. Okay. This will be good. So. We'll get to the travel in a second. Here. Okay. So imagine. So I'm assuming that uh, acting and everything has brought you out here. Is yes. It, okay. Right. So you were in improv in Second City. I wasn't in the main company there. I was okay. in the touring company you studied for there. a while, but I studied there. 
And um, so that was the time to be in it because you probably were with like Belushi and all those guys. Yep. I wasn't uh, in classes with them. They were in the company and I was in the school. Wow. But uh, I once, uh, I, I suppose there's a statute of limitations on this. <laughs> I once gave. He's dead now. That's okay. No, no. I once gave Jim Belushi, uh, uh, John Belushi, my driver's license so that his wife could go out and get a drink with him. She was his girlfriend then. <laughs> That's great. He said, I promise I'll get it to you tomorrow. I'll get it to you tomorrow. <laughs> and he was this big star of the show. It's so funny. and so wonderful. And I said, okay. And they did. They got it back. <laughs> um, so Jay Keith said, you have to talk to my friend Phyllis because she travels all the time. So apparently... <laughs> Your reputation precedes you here. Yeah, you want to describe the look on my face? I don't travel all the time. Okay, well, but, but uh, I mean... I would like to travel more, but I had a... Um, he thought you should talk to me because I had a, an unusual experience. Oh. At least for me. We like unusual experiences. Yes. Um, about four and a half years ago, and I'm, I'm a pretty athletic person. I take good care of myself and... You are in great shape, thank from you. what I can see. Thank you. And I had... <laughs> Uh, I'll censor that thought. But anyway, so I was – I found out that I needed both my hip joints replaced and I was stunned by that. I thought I'm too young and too thin for this. What what is this? Nobody in my family had needed it but they said it was probably a genetic predisposition. Okay, I had health insurance. It just didn't cover enough of it. So my husband and I went to India. Oh, medical tourism. I have seen this. Okay, because I've been to India and I've also been to Thailand, where this is big as well. Yes, and we uh, were told about Thailand okay. also, but to go to uh, but to have it done in Thailand meant you had to go there for a consult first. And oh, I really so didn't two think, trips. yeah, I didn't think two trips were financially wise or uh, wise for my condition. You know, you sit on a plane for that many hours twice, and unless you, de- I guess, decide to just stay and do it there, but we didn't know. And we were told that in India you would have more people uh, in the hospital and around you who spoke English. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so I've heard about this, mm-hmm. that this is a growing thing amongst Americans as the, as the price of health care gets crazier and crazier. Right. Um, so this was a, these are like standard, two hips you need. I needed two hips. Okay. Replaced. Now, to give people, when I, when I tell people around the world that, yeah, this is a big thing. People are flying around the, halfway around the world to get their medical stuff. They're like, well, why would they do that? Because how much did they tell you it was going to cost in America? Well, it's not uh, that they gave me one price. There are well, a yeah. million of prices course. in yeah, America. Yeah. Heaven forbid, you know, the same thing should be worth the same. Oh, my father haggled in the emergency oh. room a num- number of times. No kidding. Well, oh, yeah. it was... Um, uh, a friend of mine had had it done. It was paid for by his union, and uh, he showed me his bills, and it was $100,000 for the two hips. $100,000. $100,000. We kept researching it, and we uh, had a doctor tell us there was probably no way we were going to get away with less than $45,000 out of pocket. Out of pocket? Yeah. This is after your insurance. Well, that's the point. The insurance didn't cover everything. So if – now, I don't remember the actual figures, but they are in my book. <laughs> I do. I have a book. Oh, my God. Uh, but it's, uh, it's called Hipperect. But anyway, <laughs> I, uh, I don't remember the exact figures, but let's just say I'm making this up, that it was um, uh, $5,000 deductible on each hip. Actually, I think that is the figure. 5000 each time. So you're in it for 10000 before they've done anything. Right. 
and that's your deductible. And then, you know, they will pay X percent of the anesthesiologist fee and, yeah. and X percent of the doctor's fee and all that kind of stuff. And um, uh, I would much rather have gone there feeling well and with a backpack, but <laughs> I didn't have that choice. And I wasn't in the mood to travel and sightsee. I was devastated and terrified. Right. So now you're looking at your least $10,000 out of pocket here. Plus, whatever's going to, you know, could run you anywhere between ten dollars and $50,000, right? Yeah. Okay. Out of your own pocket. Mm-hmm. So then you, you shop around. You go, you look at Thailand, you look at India and everything else. What kind of prices were they shooting you for that? Um, it cost us, for the two of us, my husband and myself, to go to India to fly there. I was in the hospital for 11 days. Doctor saw me at least twice a day. Physical therapy twice a day. Plus the surgery. How long did the surgery take? About an hour for each hip. That's it? Yeah, but I didn't do them in the same day. Oh, okay. Yes, a doctor here said you don't want to do them at the same time because if you get a, nothing should go wrong, but if you get a blood clot, you could have permanent da- brain damage. So I said, okay, good idea. I won't. Yeah. We like your brain. We don't yeah. need that damage. So anyway, they, they uh, so for that and then uh, the rest of the stay, we were there three weeks. It was like a little guest house kind of uh, recuperation place. Oh, so they have like so you have your uh, eleven days in the hospital, and then they put you in a rehab place. Well, you have choices of where to go, and it's not really a rehab place per se. It's a it's like a B and B for lack of a better term. <laughs> term and um, and if you like Indian food, great because it beats what you get in the hospital. But if you like uh, but if you don't like Indian food, you're in trouble. Right. Fortunately, I love it. Oh, good for you. Um, but uh, let's see. So I was there, and then we had uh, physical therapists came t- to there, right? So 21 days in India, all that paid for, just under half of what it would have cost us here. It was something like 19000 something. You So you did it all under 20000 And uh, you know, Amazing. And that's tough in its own way, but at least we could get our hands on that somewhere, right. you know. That's amazing. I'm not going to tell you which bank. But just... <laughs> was this how long, how hard of a decision was it to do that? I mean, it's still a scary thing to get surgery overseas. It I mean, was... how long did you think about it? Oh, I, once I knew I didn't have any choice, I wanted to just get it over with. Uh, once I do really well when I'm out of choices. So <laughs> I, I, I really, you know, I don't have to step up to the plate. I'm there, you know. That was it. I had to do it. It wasn't looking like it was going to happen here. And I, the last thing I wanted to do was go that far away from home, not be near my dogs, all that kind oh, of yeah, stuff, yeah. not be in my own bed. But I was uh, – I kept thinking something would would save me. Something would show up. The magical doctor or mm-hmm. hospital would show up and they didn't. So – we had seen something on 60 Minutes a few years ago about India. My husband looked into it and found a, a travel agency for people undergoing any kind of medical procedure, including cosmetic. Oh, yeah. That's, that's so, a common thing yeah. there, too. So you go to, well, there are certain places for certain things. I think they say Costa Rica for your face. Yeah. You know, and all that <laughs> Venezuela for, your, for a yeah. boob job or something. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. So... <laughs> Um, India and Thailand were the osteo places. Okay, so you get a new hip, a new knee, because my mom just got a yep. knee replacement. Yep. 
There and, were there were some. There was a couple there when we were there who the guy had, had his knees done, and you know. And are people doing it as serious as like a heart, like a bypasses and things like that? I don't know, but I'm guessing they are yeah. because when you need it and you can't afford it, yeah, you just you go don't get ever, it somewhere, right? Exactly. But I mean, I'm 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 going to ask, but probably most people asked you about this. Weren't you scared that you were going to get some crazy infection or blood disease or something like that? No, I wasn't afraid of that. I was afraid I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I I just was I just was afraid in general to you know when to to have something that's a fairly violent surgery, even though it's done all the time, every day, all over the world. And usually on people with compromised conditions, and or they're much much older, so uh, and they come out fine usually. Yeah. So I uh, I researched a lot. My husband researched a lot, and uh, I I was terrified, but I had surrendered to it. I'm an improviser. <laughs> you surrender to the moment, and that's where discovery takes place, right? So when we uh, we did speak to the doctor on the phone pr- prior to all that. Our My x-rays were faxed there and all that. Yeah. I mean, scanned and sent to him. And so we had a talk on the phone, and he was so patient. He kept answering the same questions over and over again. <laughs> and uh, and it turned out I was crazy about him when I got there. I, I, he's a friend of mine now. We, oh, that's we great. Email. He has a spectacular sense of humor <laughs> uh, spectacular he's passionate about his work he described surgery for him as orgasmic that's his word <laughs> um he loves to talk politics oh boy and while well we're on the same side so yeah, it's okay. okay the so um, was he in delhi or mumbai or this was we chose uh gurgaon which is just outside of delhi it's like okay. a, i want to say a suburb of delhi and Boy, the things you learn. You know, you get out of town and you just say, yeah. oh. Now, had you been to India before or anywhere no. in Asia? No, I'd never been to Asia. I'd been really? To, I'd been to Europe, but I had not. And I haven't even been everywhere in Europe. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself well-traveled. Yeah. Well, you dove right in. India's tough. India can be really, t- I don't know how much of Delhi you saw. but I, uh, Well, we saw a bit of it after. It's rough. Uh, it in, was India's hard. Well, I wasn't sure I ever wanted to go because of the um the poverty. Yeah. I thought I w- I wasn't going to be able to stand uh, being uh, in the middle of something I couldn't do anything about that I couldn't fix. But um I just couldn't think about that at the time and I have to say it, it, there was culture shock, but there you know, it's not every day you um get into a car and get on what looks to be the 405 with no lanes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The car is just... Except there's uh, like animals in the middle of it and cows. Wild and goats, boars. Goats ca- going through, camels. Mm-hmm. Running alongside yeah. of you. And people walking through the whole thing mm-hmm. and, and bicycles, everything. And I, I mean, Chaos. dogs are afraid of nothing there. No. Yeah. They're, they're the mellowest dogs I've ever seen. <laughs> and I, I, it, it was overwhelming to say the least at first and um you would see you'd be we'd be riding somewhere and you'd see a mansion and then you'd see a structure that looked like a 
a very cheaply put up hotel for a thousand people, and next to that is a dung heap and people are cooking on it, and next to that is a hut, and next to that is an American business. Yeah. And and I I, I was at once fascinated and um, and aghast because I was in this miserable physical condition and terrified. After I started to feel better and we got out into the world, I started to love a lot of the people I was around. There was a kindness that ran through everybody. I may have seen the same 60-minute story you did uh, about the medical tourism. And it's, I think that um, they say that a lot of these doctors, the, and um, maybe the one you saw too, most of them were, went to school here. They went to medical school in America. Yes. And like 30 years ago, they probably would have stayed here. But now they don't want to deal with the insurance companies and uh, you know malpractice insurance and all the you know the lawsuits or whatever, and they're just going back and it's easier to do it there, and it's easier to have you fly out there to see them and then you know. Well, I'll give you an example. My doctor was out here a couple of years ago to to sit in on some surgery at um, Marina Del Rey Hospital, or to observe. I'm not sure what it was, and so we had dinner with him. And he said, there's this new surgery, I think it's called pinpoint surgery, and it's, it's for your back, and it's virtually bloodless. Extraordinary, right? And he said, um, they want me to take this to India, but it's $150,000 for the surgery. Who can do that in India? Yeah. And I said, well, why would it be that expensive? And he said, well, for the first X amount of years, the tools and the, uh, the patenting on everything right, costs a right. lot of money. It's, it's extraordinary. And the people who take care of you in the hospitals there are um, really kind and caring. I, bond, I bonded with this one nurse, Gita, who spoke Re- enough good English so that we could communicate. And I was crying one day. I was just, you know, the needles and things. I was just sensitive, you know, and I said, please, you know, no more needles. <laughs> you know, don't put any more needles in me. No more IV. I wanted my IV out. That's what I wanted. And she uh-huh. said, uh, and she's, or, and they were going to give me a, a a syringe full of pain medication. I said, can I get a tablet? And she said, I'll ask the doctor. And I, I guess I was in pain. I remember this vaguely. But I was crying, and she would say to me, please, ma'am, don't cry. She always would <laughs> say, please, ma'am, don't cry. <laughs> and once I started to feel better, which was really like a day or two into it, I was up and walking on walker. And she came in one night and said, um, let's walk is good for your muscles. So she, tell me what hospital this would happen in, in, in L.A. or America at all. We, she shows me the entire sixth floor. We walk around. She shows me where everything is, including all the nurses' purses. She shows me where the drugs are kept. <laughs> it was extraordinary. And when she came in to get me, I was working a Sudoku online, mm-hmm. and um, she wanted to learn how. So we found out where she could get instructions in Tamil. Because <laughs> that was her native language. So. Wow. So, I mean, there were all those nice yeah, and you, little I'm, moments. And you had a private room, right? You had your own yeah. room. Like, I mean, so when you got quotes for prices here, that didn't include a private room, right? You would have had to share with somebody. Or... 
I don't know. Or a I private mean, nurse, or I don't know because I think doesn't Cedars only have private rooms? I, think I don't that's know. What they do. I don't really know. We never got that far. We were just um, uh, just aghast at my. Yeah. <clears throat> we were uh, shocked at my policy. <laughs> so, I've had this discussion around the world with people that you know, when they even the ones that like America, they usually have two issues with it. One yeah. is they can't figure out. Well, the guns, that's one <laughs> that you always have to answer to. And yeah. uh, the other one is the healthcare system. So what have you, having gone through this, what have you learned about the healthcare system here that, that you didn't know before going into it? And what, do you, what are your issues, major issues with May eight. Well, I'm, I don't know who your audience is, but I lean very far left. So yeah. my feeling is... Um, single-payer health care would be a great thing if we can institute it. And um, uh, I would, you know, it's easy for me to say, right? I'm not the upper 1%. that would have to shell out money that I wouldn't know was missing. But still, <laughs> I think that, I, I, I think that I don't know how people can look at people suffering and can do anything about it and won't. I, I just, I'm not, it's, I'm not scolding. I just don't understand it. You know, I'm wired uh, with, um, uh, and I don't say this with any pride, I'm wired with a sensitivity to it that's painful to me a lot of times. So, you know, we were able to get our hands on the 20,000. Somebody else wouldn't even be able to do that. And uh, so my issues are, uh, let's say wherever you stand on the issue, I have an issue with people in power to do something about it fighting with each other just for political reasons. Right, right. You have an issue with that. Want to talk to me about guns? <laughs> no, no, that's another show. That's a completely yeah. different show. But, yeah, it's always seems just odd to me just having been around. The people can't figure out is they, they can't believe we don't have each, at least some kind of basic health care. You know, if you want almost like a public school. You know, everybody has a right to go to public school and, right. you, and you go. And if you can afford more, you can buy you know, a private school. And just like if you want to can afford private insurance, you can get that on top of the public. But exactly, it's you know, kind of like flying yeah. in an airplane, right? You get basic, but if you, you can the, afford more, you're free to go out and get more. You, you can get more insurance if you if you want. They do that in Canada. They do that in other. Now yeah. we have more people. We have like 300 million as opposed to you know 20 million, like uh, Australia or something like that. It's a little harder, but and then you've seen it on a, on a grand scale when you look at India. You know, it's a billion people, and you, you can't, uh, you know, it's overwhelming. It's, it's almost like no matter what you do, it feels like a drop in the bucket. It's and exactly so- right. And, I, and I, there were people who would come up to me because, first of all, I was the only blonde person anywhere. Yeah, you stand out. And Yes, and I'm very <laughs> fair-skinned. So they really stared at me like I was a snowman mm-hmm. a, a lot of places, but not laughing at me. I was just kind of like, no, ET, they're interested. you know, like E.T. or something. <laughs> so, uh, but I had to be on a walker for eight weeks. So I, the whole time I was there, I was on a walker and I was supposed to walk. That was supposed to be good exercise. So they have very high curbs there and the streets are broken in, in, mo- mm-hmm. in many parts. So we went to a mall, right. which is the biggest mall I've ever seen in my life. In my life. I, I don't know how to describe this. Maybe Mall of America is the same size. I'm not sure. Gigantic. So we'd, we, we would walk back and forth and back and forth. And people there and when we were on the streets would come up and ask what happened. And 
be genuinely interested and wish me well because they'd see me with the walker. And I kept thinking, oh, can you imagine if I was in Beverly Hills and somebody saw me with a walker? They just try to get on the other side of the street. <laughs> well, you know? well, there wasn't too many walkers in uh, in India. You know, people just limp. Well, you, you got to do without it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, I know. It's we, like, what's that contraption? We would see people. <laughs> I think they take care of each other's health. I'm not sure what the policy is, but mm-hmm. there were a lot of people uh, waiting to see doctors when I would go there, and they would take them in. And um, I don't know. It was just um, really very moving to me. So now that you have these two hips, uh-huh. uh, what was your next trip? I mean, did you want to go out and use it? I got to use this. I got to get out there and yeah, um, are you a marathon runner now? What happened? Uh, well, I've always done, uh, I used to dance, not professionally or anything, but I, I used to dance and that's a little bit limited. I don't feel any limitations, but they, they just say don't do anything extreme. Um, extreme positions because you can't heal from those and you could, uh, I hate to even say it, abrade the equipment. Abrade? Uh, yeah. yeah the, you know, you don't want to wear the equipment out. Right, right, right. So, uh, but you, nobody would know to look at me and I would say I'm 95% what I was before I was going through all the pain and everything. So I, yeah, I do all my workouts and I still do yoga and, and I, I mean, I, I dance. I just don't. Right. I, I just dance classes. It's like, oh, don't. <laughs> even though I have a perfect turnout now. <laughs> oh, oh your feet? Oh, right, Perfect right. turnout, and, and, <laughs> which is okay, but I'm not sure about the plie. Although a friend of mine, the same friend who showed me his hospital bill, he went back to playing tennis too sh- soon. Oh. And so he dislocated his hip. And then uh, – so he's getting another one. Is he, going to go to, is he going to go to India? No, he didn't need to do that. He has a union that takes really good care of oh, him. Oh, that must be nice. It is nice, and he deserves it. He's a really sweet man. But anyway, <laughs> he, he, um, he said they've come out with a new hip joint that um, has like, – like there's a ball at, a, at the top of it, and there's another ball inside. And I guess you have complete range of movement wow. uh, where it's, you're not in any jeopardy. Oh, that's great. That's pretty cool. So tell me about, let's go, let's get off of India right okay. now. You said you've been to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about your first trip ever out of the country. How old were you and where'd <laughs> you go? Uh, I was, uh, I was 19 and I took a train from Chicago with two girlfriends I went to college with and we went to Canada <laughs> and we went to Montreal and um, uh, and we stopped in tr- Toronto on the way there. Sure. And, and we went to where the fairgrounds had been for for the expo. Yeah, okay. In the sixties and all that. And um, so that was like, that didn't feel very foreign, but it was it was the first time I'd That's gone. Exciting. Yeah, gone any place uh, out of the country it's at different all. Different money. Yeah. And, and then, they're speaking French. <laughs> wow. And my not too much French, but uh, <laughs> a lot of English. But um, and we can drink. Legally right. here, that That's was a big right. deal. That was mm-hmm. a big deal. That's right. I was, uh, I was singing in the Polynesian Pavilion. Oh, what? <laughs> Be- well, we had my ties, and I hadn't had them before. Oh, I was, I was <laughs> just, right. uh, I was the entertainment, and no one had hired me. Sure. So, what about Europe? When was your first trip there? That was, uh, let me see, twelve years ago was the first time I'd gone to Europe. Really. Where'd you go? Uh, we went to Italy. We were in... Um, can't go wrong there. Oh, you can't. I no, would go back great. there in a heartbeat. We went to um, 
Tuscany. Oh, perfect. And we stayed at uh, Castella Gargonzo, which had been a castle. Well, I can't tell you exactly. Is it near like the coast or is it uh, it around Siena around there? Not that far. Yeah, but we would go to uh, Cortona and Monte San Savino. We would take these day trips to these uh, little towns and we would just keep going back. And there was one place that had – they served little sandwiches and and these uh, most beautiful chocolates. The aesthetic there. The dumpsters were gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. And the, the first thing we saw in Siena was a uh, a McDonald's, and I started laughing. And I said to my husband, "Let me photograph you in front of McDonald's." And then we looked, and we realized. It was actually a beautiful McDonald's. It was just different. <laughs> they can't even make their McDonald's look bad. No, dumpsters, everything. <laughs> so uh, we would just take these day trips in this place that made the chocolates, that made them right there. Mm. And and they uh, they looked like little works of art. And the <laughs> churches and the you know, just exquisite. You can't get a bad meal. Mm-mm. Are you a fan of uh, wine? Are you a wine? Yes, I like wine. Oh, perfect. Yes, perfect. Uh, red wine. So. Oh, you were in the place. Yeah. So we really had a wonderful time, and uh, and I I was I had taken some Italian in college, had not used it, have always wanted to really speak it fluently. I'm not even close, <laughs> but um, I had prepared. We we went with uh, my husband. and I went with two friends of ours, another couple. So um, my friend Melinda and I worked worked on our Italian. So we while we were there, we were able to get by. A, pretty well we would uh they were so appreciative that we were trying that they would help us oh that's nice so that was really that was really cool and every morning buongiorno mm-hmm. so uh, <laughs> it, it was wonderful and then three years later um we went to england and we went to we took a walking tour of the Cos- cotswolds oh yeah i've been to the cotswolds yeah and that was great and that's we- beautiful country and went to London and went to Dublin, and I fell in love with Dublin. Dublin's great. I fell in love with Dublin. I want to take my mom to Ireland this, this year. I've been, uh, I've been to Ireland once, but she's never been, and that's her dream trip, and so uh, I'm going to take her this year. Are you Irish? Uh, we're a quarter Irish, but she's half Irish. Right. So her mom, yeah, her, she knows like the area her mom's from, her mom's family and everything. So it's, uh, yeah, she's really excited to go. I mean, they're really friendly there, aren't they? Oh, I couldn't believe it. We we got there on a uh, an especially rainy afternoon, and they ushered us in to this little little kind of boutiquey little hotel. And the uh, the guy who ushered us in said, "Let's not check you in just yet. We'll 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 serve you some tea." And they brought out tea and crumpets and scones. <laughs> Whiskey, if you want it. Yeah. And we, we <laughs> sat there by a fire warming up and, and kind of drying off and talking. Again, they wanted to talk American politics. They were mm. really into it. And George Bush was in Shannon. Oh, boy. At Here the time. Go. And they were very upset. And what so, year was this? Mm, let's see. So you, was he in office? Yes, he was oh, in office. Okay. Yeah, I had uh, traveled a lot during those terms. And it became yeah. rougher and rougher as, as they went on. Uh, he was not well liked around the world. So after he left, you could see a marked difference traveling right. around. Well, we wound up that Friday night. We just went out, just walking around, and uh, I have never seen so many people drunk in one location <laughs> in my life. It was like out of central casting, but happy drunks. I didn't right, see right. fighting. Happiness, <laughs> utter happiness. They work hard all day, and then at night they are plastered, at least where we were. <laughs> 
um, uh, we had so much fun. Everybody was friendly. And uh, and we're walking down the street, and all of a sudden a parade comes by, and it's some anti-war parade. And they've got all these anti-Bush uh, flyer, uh, yeah. placards. <laughs> I thought, I leave the country, and I get, I get caught up in a protest march. You know? <laughs> uh, where did your, if you have to pick a dream destination, what would it be? Like, where have you always wanted to go you haven't been yet? Well, Italy was the big place, but I haven't been to France, and I haven't <gasps> been to Copenhagen. You haven't been to I, Paris yet? No. Oh, you have to go. I know. There's a lot of places. I'm, you got these I'm, new hips. You got to get out there and use them. Yeah. They're, uh, they're working. <laughs> I'll say. They're working. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm, uh, Where's I your family from? Where? You mean way back when? Way back, you know. Way back, um, we got a little bit of Lithuania, a little bit of Latvia, some Russia, some Got a little of that myself. Yep. We were all chased out of the same countries. Yeah, probably. (laughs) The Katzes, the Seagulls, we were all all ended up in the same place. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So what do you think all this, like going to India and then your trips to Europe and... did it change you in any way? Do you do you look at the world in a different way before than before you had gone? Yes, because my husband is somebody who loves to travel and loves the adventure of it, and I was always kind of afraid of it really? when I was younger. Yeah, I, there's something uh, I, I get homesick after a few days anyplace. Okay, I like I like home, and uh, but I mean it's not about your comfort. I mean you're as an actress you're used to getting out of your comfort zone, so yes. it, it couldn't have been. Was there a fear or just you? Just... No, it's some primal thing that okay. You know, uh, I I much better now. I mean, I really enjoy it when we when we go places. But um, I I went to India thinking third world country, and then I had this little um, delusional image of what that was. You know, I've seen pictures, I've seen movies, I've <laughs> seen that. But until you immerse yourself in a uh, and uh, even for a, Three weeks until you immerse yourself and see how what what it's like. You, there are things you don't know. Like for example, the poorest people in India, um, they're wearing pristine clothes. Clothes are pressed. Their clothes are you know they take a certain pride. You know, not the people begging on the right, street, yeah. but um, um, I, I've oh I'll tell you one thing I learned that's the same for people across the globe. Um, that men just don't get why women are shopping for shoes. <laughs> we were in that mall in in Delhi, and and I, I, of course I could barely walk, and there's a shoe sale, sure. so I had, I couldn't try the stuff on. But I thought, <laughs> all right, I'll look. I'm going to go in and look, and I'm looking at the bottom of the pump, and and I see these men sitting there on chairs, tortured, waiting for their wives to finish what they were doing. Made me laugh. Some things are universal. Yeah, but I I think that. Uh, everywhere I've gone, I think I've learned that um, you can get caught up in things in your culture and and lose your humanity, your connection to your humanity. So the thing is, stay human, especially living, um, you, you know, in an industry that we're in, you know, where it's entertainment and it's and it's uh, and and it's people knowing what you're doing right. and knowing your it's business. Me, 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 yeah. me, me. Look at me. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of emphasis. I don't mean just in our business, but I think in our culture, in in American culture, there's real emphasis on money and power and winning. And um, and uh, I think there are benefits to those things. But I I think that um, uh, when you go someplace and you see people 
um, taking in the the aroma of of their trees, <laughs> or having a conversation, or welcoming you, um, uh, just because you're there, just because you're another person. It, it's something. Uh, it, all those little things make me for, forget that I have to stay in touch with that, and it, and I and. And don't you feel that when you travel that sometimes when you come back you say, well, I learned something here. I don't know what it is yet. No. Well, I always think that uh, I always tell people I'm never more present than when I'm away, when I'm traveling. Uh-huh. You know? I'm always yeah. in the moment. I'm always taking everything right. in. I'm appreciating things and I'm looking at things and I'm noticing things, you know, right. and I'm, I'm noticing and I'm thinking and I'm, all, and I'm about what's happening around me and everything else. And here you just kind of kind of get in routine. Right. And I've often said that... Uh, when I'm away, I appreciate what I have, and when I'm here, all I can think about is what I don't have. Yeah, well, when, <laughs> you know? it's true. When you get away, um, or even when you take a hike, you, you, your thoughts come up. It's quiet. It's like what comes up if you're meditating; something comes up. So sometimes demons will come up for a few days, and mm-hmm. then and then you just you just, you have no choice. You're out of town. You can't yeah. go away from them. You can't you can't go to your usual things. And I also find that when when I'm, it's great to like get out of your life for a little bit, step outside, and you look at it from a distance. You know, it always helps me to look at. Okay, I'm right. involved in this right now. Uh, I could do a little less of that and a little more of this over here. You know, and sometimes right. you got to look at it from the outside and just completely get out of it where the phone's not ringing. You know, you're not checking your emails. You're not doing it and just going, right. let me look at my life and what, what, what's good and what's bad. What do I need less of? What do I need more of? Exactly. That helps me a lot to think about it. The first time I went to Hawaii, because I've been there three times, was the first time that after a few days, I didn't know what day it was, <laughs> which was wonderful. I mean, I had finally let go of control of anything. Because the first few days, I'm thinking, oh, I'm missing something. I'm here. I'm missing something right. at home, you know. Or you can get away from the sirens. I could get away from the sirens. Ah, let's see. It's a city life, folks. That's You're hearing right. it. I'm going to let it go. Right. <laughs> where, in, where in Hawaii were you? Uh, Kauai. Oh, see, I knew you were going to say that, and I haven't been. I've been to Maui and Oahu. So I hear Kauai is awesome. It's... Remote, right? It's not like it's more of that jungle kind of like it's the Hawaii we see in the photographs. Yes, and it was. Uh, it's uh, well, I've been to Maui since, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love it, uh, and wish I could go back again. I need work, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's uh, it really is paradise. It's it's just para it's paradise. And, yeah, it's beautiful. And, and there are remote places to stay, and and. Um, uh, you just kind of I, you just park yourself and just take it all in. Well, now that we talk nice. travel, I can't let you out of here before hearing one cool showbiz story from the seventies. Complete seeing how you were in Second City in Chicago. No, I wasn't in the company. We don't well, want to okay. misrepresent. All right, you studied at Second City. I trained there, and I was uh, in the touring company briefly. Right, and you met and then the moved here. you met the Belushi's of the world. And uh, <laughs> did you meet Bill Murray? Yeah, I knew Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Um, uh, uh, when my, Bill Murray moved into some apartment and I, I had an extra bed for my parents. <laughs> I gave him a bed and he came over and he painted the windows on my, in my apartment, my first apartment alone. 
<clears throat> he was he and his brothers were painters. Oh, really? Yeah, and he painted the the fine trim on my. It's <laughs> to say thanks for the bad. So then you come out to or to L.A. and then the Groundlings is here. Just and they were just started, started right? That was like mid seventies. It started, and then so Lorraine Newman and all of them were there. Lorraine is a, a friend, and and so we're. Um, uh, yes, I moved out here. They had just started. They they sort of considered me an an original because I was there, wow. kind of on the ground floor, and I'm one of the founders of the school. That's amazing. I'm so you were around directors. when uh, this new show, Saturday Night Live, comes sniffing around looking for talent. Yeah, and they hit well. They, and it was Lorraine and Garrett Morris out of here, right? Yeah, Lorraine. Um, Everybody was, else was Chicago or Toronto, I think. I think so. Yeah. I think Toronto. I didn't know if there anybody came from Chicago. Well, but, Belushi did, and all those. Well, guys, that's yeah. right. Um, Lorraine was uh, already scouted, I think, by the time I got there. I mean, I wasn't around her much in the beginning because they came and took her pretty much right away. Her (laughs) sister Tracy and I became very, very close. And now, since Lorraine's been back for a long time, I've gotten to know Lorraine better and better and better. Oh, that's amazing. So that's good. So you've seen everybody come through those those doors at some point. A lot of them. I mean, I for the most part, I've kept my hand in it at the Groundlings, even when I've had other things going on. But there were there have been plenty of periods where I've been gone for a while and wasn't there when certain people came through. But um, it's like the mob; I can't seem to get out. <laughs> I know there's one. You know, I don't know if we. Everybody has a story. I think it, the, you know. I've been in this doing this like twenty over twenty yeah. years, and you've been doing it for longer and stuff. But have you ever met somebody that? You see, because you and I both know people that have been gone on to become famous. Right. And we just knew them as people. Right. Like, just like us. Um, but did you ever see somebody that you'd go and, I don't know who that is. I, I just met them, but they're going to be huge. Like, right off the bat. Like, well, I don't know what they have, but they got it. And they're going to, you know. No. I, here's the thing uh, that you learn about this business. I'll see somebody and say, I don't know what that thing is, but that guy is a star, and then nothing happens. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. or it starts to happen, or it doesn't. I can tell you that when Paul Rubens first showed up, um, I knew there was something about him. But there are so many people who've come through those doors and through the doors at all these other schools out here. Um, there's such a, an abundance of talent, um, I, I, an abundance of people who. Uh, aren't exactly wired for the whole shot. And I'm not talking about my taste versus somebody's. Just saying they don't, it's not kind of in their bones the same way it is for others. But um, I don't always understand the rhyme or reason. You know, and it's the same thing if you look at, I mean, just look at TV and movies. Look at the people who you can't get enough of and other people where you just say, how did that happen? (laughs) I know somebody who could, you know. It's so random. And there's so much luck involved and timing and everything else. And sometimes the planets just right. align. And we know other people that are like, why hasn't that guy made it? I mean, he, I, they're amazing. You know, why haven't they, you know, taken exactly. Off? I mean, I, I've seen people where, where you just say, oh, it's got to happen for this person. Yeah. And then it doesn't. And um, uh, but I've certainly seen people who you just know they've got something special. You know, <laughs> right. you know, there's. Something there you wish you wish you could go out and buy. Right, know? right, right. Well, it's been a nice run for you, though. You've been a long time in this business. That's a hard thing to be. You know, you haven't gone and you know 
you know. Mm, quit? No. Yeah, quit. <laughs> I have a niece. Gone and sold uh, insurance in uh, Idaho somewhere. Yeah. I have a niece who's uh, also an actor. She's an adult. She's a mom with kids and all that kind of stuff. She's an adult. She's, she's really talented. And when she was about 18, I think it was, she came out here to visit. She lives in L.A. now. And uh, I was invited to a 40th birthday dinner, all women. And I asked if I could bring her, and they said, sure. And all these women did was complain about the business and how they were going to quit. If, if it doesn't happen, you know, by the time I turn 40, I'm not going to. And it was, it was one of those nights where everything else was so much fun. But every time they talked about the business, it was so um, um, filled with pain. And so when we left, I said to my niece, I just want you to know, I don't want that to deter you. I said, I just want you to know, I may be wrong, but it never occurred to me to quit. (laughs) (laughs) And at some point uh, in my 40s, I said to myself, I came out of a, I was in a very bad depression, and I came out of it with a revelation. I said, I know what I'm wired to do. I write, I act, I improvise, I like to be creative. Excuse me, the teaching, the coaching, all that stuff. But I know what that is, that area. I'm wired for that. It's not like I refuse to take other jobs and make money. I've taken a ton of jobs. But I thought, I, if it doesn't work out, it won't be because I didn't keep up my end of the bargain. <laughs> and that was very freeing for me. So I have been here a long time. Um, nobody's ever politely taken me aside and suggested that I should think of something else. <laughs> you know, even people who love me. Um, I... I don't think I'm deluded about anything. I mean, I'm I'm here. They have to shoot me out of town. They have to shoot me out of a cannon to get me out of town. But I'm here. There's no there's no uh, part of you that goes. Ah, boy, when I was in Italy, I could see like kind of maybe they need an improv group here in. in do you Tuscany. know in Tuscany? Maybe they need. Do you know they had a poster for an improv show in no, Italy? No, really. Yes, they did. I'm trying to remember which uh, where it was. Oh, we also went to uh, Firenze. Oh. We were also there, but only for two days. And oh man, was I in love! <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> improv. I could. I'm one of these people who um, can let myself have a vacation if I feel I've worked enough to deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I could be in Italy thinking, well, if I just had a job. Uh, uh, you know, then I could go to Italy and kick back. But of course, I never have time and money at the same time. It's why I'm not well traveled. Yeah, it's either one or the other, usually. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of grabbing it now. <laughs> a friend of mine who's a, an actor and a videographer uh, just left tonight. He got a, a commercial that's shooting in Spain. Oh. And he's going to Mallorca. Oh, that's so, amazing. Tonight. That's a good commercial. Yeah. That's a I, nice gig. Yeah, it's really nice. So he, except they're flying him coach. Oh, gosh. The, I'm not going to say the, the name horror, of the company. The humanity. Right. Oh, the poor guy. If he doesn't want to do it, I'll do it. That's right. I'll go to Mallorca in a second. Well, Fizz, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. No, I'm glad you can make it. And um, congratulations on your two hips. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, any, is there any, uh, if people want to like, I don't know, take lessons or something, mm. do you have a website or something you want to plug? Or? You know, yeah, I'd like to plug my book. Oh, you got a book. That's right. Yes, Hipwrecked. Um, Hipwrecked. 
I love that title. If you want it as an ebook, it's on Amazon. And if you want it as a, a, a paperback, you have to go to hiprec.com. Okay. Hiprec.com. <laughs> and uh, essentially, uh, I just took everybody on the experience with me. It's all my emails, and, and, and there's narrative before and after that. And uh, that's the main thing there. And okay. to get hold of me, I, I'm going to have a website <laughs> soon. Somebody's building it now. Uh, so you can always get hold of me, care of the ground links. Okay, so we'll have uh, we'll have. Uh, They'll kill me. <laughs> you have a big re- you have a big listenership. Is am I in trouble? Well, or? I don't know. No, you'll uh, be fine. <laughs> okay, I'll be fine. Yeah, why am I here then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I'll have links to wherever you want. I have links uh, on our site. Okay, on, I'll, uh, give you, I'll give you travel ladies and gentlemen. And uh, it's Phyllis Katz, everybody. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good night, everybody. Good night.